Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Just Kicking It with me, myself, Zaid Hector, Nadia, and we got a special guest. No, it's not the new Chelsea transfer, Timo Werner, but it's a good friend of mine, Werner, and he supports Man United. Um, he's here joining us today and to give a bit of insight on about the football matches that has just been played, but also feeling of the Premier League being back, that feeling I missed, I'm pretty sure that everybody else missed it, everybody around the world, Twitter was going crazy, um, we even had a State of the Nation address, but unfortunately I couldn't watch that because <laughs> Premier League What's was on, and that was, not that was more important to me, but that was that feeling of, oh no, I'm going to put something aside for, for that, I am... Very, very sorry, Mr. President, I had to put you aside, but I got the summarized um, PDF, so I know what you said, and I will adhere to all those regulations. Nadia, how are you feeling that the Premier League is finally back? It's here. I know football's been back, but just the feeling of the Premier League being back, checking your fantasy team, when is the subs going to come on, all those things, that that feeling. How, how are you feeling with that? I must say, when I saw the two words, match day live, my heart skipped a beat. I couldn't believe it's actually back because, I mean, Project Restart, it's been talk- talked about quite a lot then. The fact that it's actually back, it's just, it's so amazing. Um, But on the flip side of that, when they went to that first match and it looked as though we were going to watch a training game, it was a bit of a, a anti-climax. It's very different. And also we were reminded of the pandemic that we are actually in. So uh, when we switched to that first game, um, they were speaking to Dean Smith about his dad who passed away to the coronavirus. And then you also remember um, Pep's mother. He, she also um, passed away due to the coronavirus. So um, we were reminded of what we are actually going through um, as in 2020, this pandemic. But um, I'm not not putting down the actual feeling of seeing those two words, Mesh Day Live, of watching those two games, just a sense of normalcy back in my life. And like you said, um, now you actually put some things aside because football is back. So 100%, I'm feeling a lot more complete now that Project Restart has actually started. I, I, I totally agree. And um, everybody everybody else that you mentioned, um, rest in peace to, to, to all of them. Um, because obviously we've we've seen a lot of death through through these through these times and, and uncertain times. Um, but this feeling is back. I was excited. I honestly was excited for the match. Um, Sheffield Wednesday and Aston Villa. Um, it felt a bit like a training match. Yes, um, I, I was myself looking in the in the stands. Is the is the fans there? Where's the sounds coming from? Um, a nice touch. Um, to the, the Black Lives Matter um, touch before the game. Love that, They're taking the kneel of um, everybody on the field as well, um, on the on the touchline there. Um, Vanna, the, the football's back. I know your team hasn't played, but I mean, it's, it's, it's back. First of all, I'd like to say thanks for having me on the show, guys. 
Um, I must say that the, the, the void has been filled in my life. Because honestly, with there was no sport, no football at all. Because the thing is, the, the, the um, La Liga has been back. And Bundesliga has been back. But it's not the same. The Premier League is the best league in the world. And the thing is, even for me, watching um, uh, the first game last night, uh, Aston Villa against Sheffield Wednesday, that for me was on par of like a, a classical. That's how much I've been missing soccer. It's really, nothing beats the feeling, man. Like, right at the beginning, like when I put it on and I saw there was no fans or whatever, I was like, felt a bit bleak. But honestly, for me, even though there's no fans, the feeling is still there. The feeling is still there. Especially in the second game. Nothing, like, honestly, there was no fans there, no? But I still, but I still feel like the atmosphere is there. You can't, you can't, you can't replace that. That touching, just touching on that game, baby. I mean, it felt like a training match, as as Nadia said. Um, but I mean, when I started watching, when the first tackle went through, um, I was like, wow, okay. You know, football's back. There was a tackle. Love the way that the that the players actually just got up from the ground, continued playing. Nobody was acting. Nobody was. Down injured for two minutes. There was no um, added on stoppage time be- besides the one that the, the big injury on, on Manchester City side. Um, but even in the first game, there was a lot of things. Um, it was basically an exhibition match of, of what is going to be expected, I thought. But, but I mean, the teams came out full, fully blazing. Um, all for it. Um, hit the, gra- the, the, the grass running. Um, it was... It was big. We we can. There was obviously a lot of talk about that game, especially from Sheffield United's point of view. Um, oh, I, oh, I, yes, I yes. remember. I, I remember sending a message and 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 questioning, questioning myself. Did am, am I correct? Do I need to do I need to zoom in here? Do I need to check? But was that a goal, Nadia? Odd didn't show up, VAR's not working. That's what Sheffield United's Twitter page said. Is it working? Is VAR working? I actually think it was a goal. If they're going to go on the point that um, he caught the ball and then he was pushed, it's it's a bit that, in terms of that, they need to uh, bring more clarity on that. And then when what it goes to is one of his players touched him. It was an Aston Villa player who pushed him. It wasn't a Sheffield United player who pushed him. So, um, honestly, I think it was a goal. But the fact that um, the ref's watch um, didn't indicate it was a goal, that's that's what they're going on. I know um, Dean Smith, in his post-match interview, he said they've been very unlucky in terms of um, decisions during the season. So, he, he feels as if they, they got a bit of luck. Um, but um, if if they said it's no goal, it's no goal. I think that Sheffield United were very unfortunate in that case because it was very clear that the ball was over the line. But um, I'm I'm really not sure where they are um, bringing clarity in terms of why it wasn't a goal. And 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 the thing is, we 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 talk about it. We, everything leads to to the goal, to it being a goal. Um, Aston Villa could also say that 
previously there should have been a penalty awarded. I I I fully agree there was a penalty as well. Um, mm. Was VAR being a bit lenient, not stepping into the first game? Were they still sanitizing their hands? Were they making them a cup of coffee? Um, I, I don't know. I, I I honestly don't know. But I mean, we we've we've seen it in the past that that VAR would be on the ball. You know, we, we don't we don't have to look any further than the Liverpool West Brom game. Um, you know, where we where all those VAR decisions was came into play. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they had the the cups and the, the, the teas and the coffees right in front of them. But is that going to is that going to be something that will be looked at thoroughly um, going into the next games, the next big round of games um, into the weekend? Then uh, I mean, we we say that there could be a lot of technical difficulties, but we, but I mean, this is a league that that's basically made with all these technologies, with all these things that were implemented. How could they actually get it wrong? I mean, a watch not going off. Honestly, for me, that uh, that was shocking because I personally feel that in a case like that, it should be black and white. If the if the if the whole ball goes across the line, let's go, regardless of what context it is. Because I mean, at the end of the day, the VAR is essentially is most of the machine. You know what I'm saying? So technically, it should be it should be black and white. There shouldn't be a gray area. As for the refs, the the uh, discretion to maybe say. Okay, give give a little context, man. You know, I say what I'm saying, but I personally yeah. feel it should be it should be black and white. So technically, that's a goal. You know what I mean? So 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 everybody agrees that 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 is a goal. I I would have right. loved to I would have loved to see some goals, especially um, for for Sheffield United. You know, um, he, even though even though it wasn't, um, it would have been nice for the top four race. You know. Um, being right on the heels of of, of Manchester United, um, it's still it, tight, been, though. It, it, it definitely is, and 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 that's and that's why I would want that's why I wanted them to win, um, to make that to make it interesting. You know, um, there's there's I think there's only twelve points um, between Leicester and Spurs, and I mean the that's mm. that's a lot of places to play for. So I mean even I mean even if you look between between four and eight, all right. That's five points of difference between yeah. four and eight, and that's and that's and that's Champions League spot. I mean, Champions League spot is not just that feeling, but it's the money coming into the club that now you 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 basically need. The next game was obviously highly anticipated. You know, Arsenal. Um, it was the student uh, against the teacher. Um, Arsenal having a, pro- a a point to prove. Um, I was shocked with the with the starting lineup of Arsenal, but also with City uh, playing the youngster at the back. But I mean, we've we've we all know Pep Guardiola. I um, mean, he he trusts his youngsters, you know, and they're only going to flourish from there. Um, were you somehow disappointed in Arsenal's performance last night, Nadia? Um. If we go back to our previous video, I provided a stat of Arsenal losing games by three goals to City. And um, they basically um, added to that stat. Um, I wasn't, I, I was disappointed, but I wasn't surprised with Arsenal's performance last night. I, I thought they were going to lose the game. And um, in all honesty, it just, 
to me, it's there's something that's not gelling with him. That's not gelling well on on their side. I know Arteta. He said um, playing against Pep, it's very difficult. He's very used to Pep, and he knows what Pep's um, tactics are and the way Pep um, manages his team. So you expected a lot more from them. But something that surprised me and is going to be a bit worrying is the way in which players um, were injured. Um, in Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal's defence is looking very thin moving forward. And you kind of think, um, is this going to be something that's going to happen in many teams? Because, I mean, 100 days without football, um, they've all been training at home. They've been um, trying to get in as much exercise as possible. But the fact that they lost so many players um, last night due to injury, and we know, we'll talk about the suspension a bit later, but um, in terms of injuries, that's that's something that's going to worry me um, moving forward. I, I I totally I totally agree with you where you say that Arsenal um, in Arsenal's team there's something that's missing there um, because it's like. It's like when the ball goes from the front to the midfield to the back, but it's like, where's it? Like, like who's it going to? Um, I don't know if they were missing a, a Mesut Ozil there. I don't know if he would have made a difference. Um, were, was there was there a missing of Lacazette starting with Aubameyang? I mean, we we've seen um, um we've seen the um. The Obama young frustration um, with the balls not coming and and not feeding him. Um, but he played a lot of young youngsters. We can see where Arteta's going with that. Um, obviously, if it was an other coach um, like Arsene Wenger, Arsene Wenger would have had everything installed already. How are we going to play, especially against um, a Manchester City? But just looking at Arsenal's team, um, I know we will we, we will touch on Manchester City um, um, now. But just looking at Arsenal's team with the youngsters that they played, um, I was very surprised with it. But also. Um, I like that they were giving that chance. Um, is that is that something that could be beneficial to Arsenal's next season um, going into wherever they wherever they do end up um, with the youngsters that they play with 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 the Arteta's um, style of coaching? Van uh, is is that is that something beneficial to them for next I season? Think, I think that the, that. Um... A lot can be said about him playing the, the, the youngsters, right? But I think what they're lacking there, uh, uh, like very big, is there is lacking a proper CDM and then having a solid back four. Because that, that back four that, that they played last night was, I won't say makeshift because they've played together before, but there's, there's no continuity there. And, and I think the biggest mistake that they made was was getting David Luiz in. Because he seems to have lost the plot completely. Like, uh, like I mean, uh, uh, if you take away last night's performance, right? The games before that, he lost the plot there already. I mean, I mean, uh, a lighty like, uh, what's his name, Ganduzi. He outplayed him. You know what I'm saying? He had to drop back to cover his position and then go up again. So, I mean, uh, they, I think they're sorely lacking a defenseman. The defense is weak. Uh, and, and I think... Um, it's a good thing that he's bringing in the youth because at the end of the day, you you want to bring those young players in, and I think under the current circumstances, right? Because I mean they're not gonna end in the. I think they'll probably end in the, in the top ten, but I think anything anything else than that you can't expect from them. So I think the best thing for him to do now is is play those youngsters, 
because the, because you never gonna get the opportunity like this again. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing yeah. is, when when the league starts again, uh, um, next season, it's full steam ahead. There's no the time to test combinations. There's no time to do those sort of things. But the first half for me, they I think they were in the they were in the game still. But I think after that first goal went in, they their confidence was was gone. That the confidence was completely gone after that first goal. Arteta obviously has um, has a lot of lot of work to do. Um, maybe he knows that um, Arsenal won't get that big much of a funding um, for the for for the players that he wants to that he would have loved to bring in. Um, but then I hope that he keeps players like Aubameyang, Lacazette um, at at the club to to keep on with these youngsters because. At the end of the day, Arsenal is known for bringing youngsters through the academy. Um, Arteta was obviously fortunate enough to to play under um, Arsene Wenger. Um, so he knows that side and he knows the business of Arsenal and how they operate behind the scenes. But also he has that philosophy now um, that he's trying to implement, um, maybe build his own philosophy, but um, implement Pip's style of philosophy, which also um, installs the, the the belief in in, in youngsters. And, and that's nice to see. Manchester City obviously was ruthless. I could see the way that Kevin De Bruyne was running around the field. David Silva, I'm enjoying his last... last Last moments on the on the field on the field. Um, but Ryan Sterling looked nice last night. He looked he looked like he's back. He looked like um, he put the the rest of the season behind him, and he and he and he looks like a like a total player. Um, anything anyone else that stood out for you, Nadia? Um, I'm pretty sure that that you have a lot to say on Manchester City, um, even though that they are second um, in this in this race. Um, definitely Raheem Sterling, he's looking rejuvenated. I mentioned um, that he was looking a bit lost in the beginning of the season. He wasn't scoring as many goals. So the fact that he um, uh, got the opener and and started the show, basically, I think it was a good confidence boost for him. I was very surprised that um, Sergio Aguero didn't start. And... Um, Pep decided to play his roulette with um, Mares and Jesus in the starting lineup. Um, but um, player of the season, one of my players of the season, Kevin De Bruyne, he's just a workforce. He's just someone you just you enjoy watching him play. And um, I feel like even on his bad days, he's, he's a really great player compared to everyone else Um in this league. So um, definitely Kevin De Bruyne. Um, a bit unfortunate what happened to Garcia. I do feel like there they should be some sort of communication when it comes to the keeper. The keeper needs to make, make his communication clear. I'm coming for the ball. A, a bit unfortunate um, with that injury, but um, they did note that he was conscious when he left um, the stadium. He's going to be spending a bit of time in hospital, but um, it's a very good sign that he was conscious so um the injury isn't as um 
as as um bad as it seemed because i mean for that stretcher to come out in any game we all think oh it's something really bad and he's going to be out for a significant amount of weeks but um definitely my player one of my players of the season kevin de Bruyne, and he's been someone who's been a joy to watch even as a liverpool player there's just something about manchester city and um big games and being stretched off um, players, their players being stretched off, um, also getting big injuries. Um, I liked, I liked the fact, I liked the fact that Carl Walker was was fully fit. He looks, he looks, he looks very good on the field, good on the ball as well, very composed. But I was looking at the Manchester City start, um, starting lineup, but also the substitute bench. And now that they, now that they, we have seven substitutes on um, that can be used, um, but only five can be made. Um, it's it just gives you a actually an insight of what bench Manchester City has compared to the rest of the the rest of the league, the rest of the teams. Um, because I was at all, oh, I was like, okay, no, so they could bring on this one, this one, that one, and they could kill it. Even if they even if they went two 0 down, they I mean, having a player like Kunaguero to come on or um, Bernardo Silva to come on, I mean, that just shows the investment of the club and also the team that they are, um, how they obviously play and everybody just fits into it all, um, wanting to play for the, for the club. But I was actually, I was actually very, very interested in the way that Pep was conducting his team, the way that his body language on the, on the, on on the touchline. Um, he looks like he's he's still there. He still wants to win every game. Um, but I guess that that is the winning mentality, Van, of Manchester City. That's true. That's true, yes. Because the thing is, don't forget, you, you were saying about the, the bench. Don't forget they have Leroy Sano as a Sane as well. Eh? Yeah. I mean, granted, he hasn't been playing for a while, but I mean, he's still there as well. So yeah. I think uh, for him, Sterling, right? I think the fact that Aguero didn't start actually played into his favour. You understand what I'm saying? Because, I mean, yeah. of, of that front three, he was the most experienced. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so I'm glad for him that he got that opportunity because, I mean, realistically, I would, okay, Arsenal is, is a big team still. So you can't say it was a big game. You can't say it was a, it was a, it was a you know, an average game. But I think... Uh, um, <laughs> no, you can't. You, you, was... You're allowed to say it. You're allowed to say it. I mean, you, you, you know, you, we will get the Arsenal fans on your back. Um, but but you're allowed to say it, each each to their own. Exactly, exactly. So the thing is, like, that uh, that really played into his favor. So he could have a chance to be the, 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 the number one. You know what I'm saying? And And the thing is... Um, our, like you said with Kyle Walker, I really think that he, he plays a big role in that back four. Because I think he kind of uh, uh, takes a lot of the lead. Like granted, Laporte is there and so on. But I think that, that the role that Kyle Walker plays in that back four is, is, a, is, a, is a bit um, more influential. Because you can you can see that he's that one that when things are, are, are starting to go sort of off book, you know what I mean, off the script, he's the one that tells him, okay, look here come. You know the structure that we have. Let's follow the, the the game plan and so on. So I think I think he has a big role to play going forward. And like you said, looking at that team, it's sad to not see them in the in the Champions League next season. Because I mean, I think I think like you said, he's yeah, Pepe's still hungry and he still wants to be there. So just imagine with, with that team 
uh, in next season, so the Champions League, if you if they were in there, what damage could you not have done? If not, they've gone all the way. You know what I mean? And I, I totally agree, and 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 I guess that that is um, Pep's hunger for for the Champions League, which he should actually go all out for, knowing mm-hmm. that um, Liverpool is ahead in the table, um, points ahead. Do they focus on the Champions League now and go all out? We know Pep's hunger for the Champions League, whatever club he was with, that was the trophy that he seeks the most. Um, being the best club in Europe, um, that that's something that he wants. Um, do we need to look at the rotation of the Manchester City team now or... Is that something that should be taken in, especially if you are a fantasy Premier League manager? Would you have to, or do you have to take that into account that Pep could be thinking the league's done, it's it's Liverpool's, Liverpool's out of the Champions League, we might not be in it next season, let's focus on it. I know that you have a couple of frustrations, Nadia, but who is that one of the tips that you would give other managers out there? So I know at the beginning of the season, a lot of managers knew about Pep. They knew putting in any City player is a risk. So if you go as far as triple captaining a City player, you are definitely playing with fire. I decided to play with fire by making Aguero my triple captain. When I saw that lineup, I literally screamed inside because I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I, I couldn't believe that he would just not start Aguero on the first match of Project Restart. But luckily, Aguero came off the bench and he made an assist. So I'm not going to be one of those triple captains who ends up with three points at the end of the week because that was that's always been my problem with a triple captain. It's been the worst week for my triple captain and they just end up making minimum points. But going forward, I think Pep is going to use this rotation a lot more than most managers. I feel like once Liverpool actually lifts the trophy, a lot of the youngsters are going to come into the team. So that's something that um, Fantasy League managers need to think of in terms of owning Salah, owning Mane, owning Van Dijk. They need to think of all the youngsters that Klopp is going to bring into their team. But definitely we know the risk of owning City players and the amount of time they're going to spend on the field. Luckily, De Bruyne actually lasted the whole 60 minutes. So he came in with some really decent bonus points. And um, I will note also Henderson from Sheffield United also came in with some three bonus points, which was a really great addition to my um, point tally um, with me losing some points with Aguero. But um, yes, 100%, you need to think of these substitutions um, moving forward with your fantasy teams, but also think of the teams who are in relegation battles and the teams who are fighting for those European spots because they're going to want to keep their stars in the team. But um, you need to have some really great players on your bench um, for when the fantasy substitutes your players for not playing that week. 
lucky lucky enough um i have a story i have a story to tell that i i'm actually very very fortunate um to have very um good luck with the triple captain uh, there was a season two seasons ago where um i think it was man, man where manchester city won i don't know what the tally was i can't, can't get to it now against newcastle i don't know if they hit eight um past them um but it was a big score and i triple captained kunaguero and it was a double game week um i remember brying but not paying attention to the game and all i heard was people that were in the fantasy league with me in my own my my own personal fantasy league they were like oh my word you have sergio guerrero triple captain and the bryday couldn't be better <laughs> because i literally flew that day triple captain sergio guerrero i think he scored three and assisted two and that that was that was some good luck obviously a lot of players to take into consideration like nadia said that there's a lot of players in in the relegation battle we look at a, a team like like sheffield wednesday um fighting for a even a top 4 europa league spot um those players um being in in there wanting to play we could see by the performance that they that they put in last night but you should be happy that manchester united has some good fit players in their team van i want to know would you recommend us putting in manchester united players into our fantasy team come next week or the week after I would say yes because remember as you said the top four is not certain eh? so so all is going to have to go all out is going to have to go all out so the thing is it's important uh, so I would say to answer your question I would say yes because if you put certain players in they they should be able to bring you points uh, remember uh, as you said there's no guarantees with regard to the players that we have as well so we need to make sure also that we secure our position firstly and then from there onwards you can consider sort of a rotation and so on and so forth so i think coming tomorrow night it's going to be important for oli to get his starting 11 sorted and then as you also say get his rotation as well because the thing is if you if you are uncertain or if you have sort of like gaps here and there it will be exploited especially against a team like tottenham because they are also hungry they were also off for 100 odd days so so it's important that that you come out and you come out strong so i would say yes i would say yes because the thing is as you say there's no guarantees because we laying fifth now but again the the, the teams behind us as like i said between 4 and 8 there's only 5 points difference only 5 points so in there so so whoever is eighth could, could easily come fourth you know what i mean so so it's very important that you that you get your structures correct get your starting 11 correct because if you have any gaps in your in your knowledge or or in your in your team selection and so on the the big teams will definitely exploit definitely exploit so it's important to to, to get those structures correct i i i obviously um have a, have a, have, i obviously have my own view um as as a as a as a 
as a Liverpool supporter, but also um, as a as a as a football supporter on 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 different clubs. But I'm pretty sure that Nadia has some questions for you. Um, I I too um, have some questions for you. Um, just your um, your the overall questions on Manchester United. Um, your views, your opinions. Um, what you think the club should do? The the the. Oli should do. Um, obviously, going into the next game, um, so so this is basically the the, the focus, um, the the segment where we say that it's the focus on banner um, segment. Um, but but basically, your your thoughts on your team coming the, the next couple of fixtures. Obviously, Spurs is a big game. Um, I know a couple of uncles and 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 some tired um, Tottenham supporters that that would probably. Um, differ with you but like I said at the beginning you know everybody has their opinions um we we everybody wants their team to win um so my so my first question to you is the formation that you would go with going into the Spurs game obviously we know it's Jose Mourinho you know Jose Mourinho wants to wants to show Manchester United, who he is. I, I don't know if he's still the special one or the funny one. I don't know which one he is. Um, <laughs> come come Friday, but but what is the formation and 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 your your preferred starting lineup for Spurs for the Spurs game tomorrow? Okay, so basically, um, the to to. So my my preferred uh, formation that they should play um, is sticking with the four two and then three uh, one. I think I think that would probably work the best considering the way that Jose will probably set up his team. Because um, at the end of the day, you also uh, we know that uh, that he's uh, the master of of getting through the games and getting a draw or maybe sneaking a win and so on. So so I personally think that. That we should not go all out attack, but I think the for the way the formation should be set up should be set up so that you try to maximize as as, as going uh, essentially setting up your attack so that you attack as much as you can um, with regard to um, the, the game itself because because as you know that Mourinho will set up so that you, you probably lay back probably allow us to attack and so on and so forth so I think the structures against them is going to be very important. But I think uh, the four, two, three, one will probably be the best uh, um, of the formations. Um, if I had to give you my, my preferred starting eleven, I would probably go with uh, um, Day, and then go with um, uh, I would say uh, Maguire and and Bay in the in the center, and then obviously Wan Basaka and and Luke Shaw. Um, then I would go with. Um, I would go with Fred, and I would go with um, I would go with Fred, and I would go with with um, with Bruno Fernandes. Um, and then I would I would prefer to to, to to rather leave Paul out, because the thing is Paul's coming back, but wow. again you don't know how he's gonna play with Bruno. You understand what I'm saying? And, and there's no guarantees that it's gonna work against a, a against a game like um, against Tottenham. So the thing is, I would rather leave him out to be safe rather. Um, and then I would play um, Marcus, and then I would play because uh, the thing is, I, I would prefer um, Anthony Martial up front. So I would say um, I would play Marcus. I would play Bruno. Um, uh, what Marcus? 
and then I would say um, Mata, and I would go with. Um, let me just think. Uh, I would go with Pablo Pereira, and then I would go with well, with Anthony Martial up front. But obviously, I pull on the bench so that if you see that the, that the current formations are working, and then bring him in as uh, to supplement or whatever and so on. But I think I think that for me would probably be the best. Um, because the thing is, you, you want to make sure that the team itself gels. And that's similar to the team that we played last. You know what I'm saying? But because I, but, uh, um, I, I was following the, on, the, on the United webpage, I saw that they basically have a full complement. Barring one or two players. But I mean, all the big players are back. So Marcus, uh, Marcus is back, Paul is back and so on. So I would love to see what, uh, what uh, formation he goes with and what his obviously starting level would be. But I think for me that would probably be the best. And then second off, I would I, I would try the Paul and Bruno combination together and see how it goes. A, a really a really interesting selection there um, from Vanner. Um, it's it, it's always nice to get someone's opinion from from their own team. Um, and because because obviously I wouldn't pick. I wouldn't have picked um, a couple of players starting in in in, in his team or, or or then again of someone else's team. Um, that's with that that's where our opinions obviously differ. But it's also nice to see your your view, but also um, what or, or why and, and your thinking behind it, which is which is also which is also very nice. He touched on um, very um, crucially Jose Mourinho's style of play. Obviously, going into big games, Jose Mourinho and um, the way that he sets his Spurs team up. Um, we, we all know the way that he he plays with with whatever how we, how he plays defensive get the goal um sit back um what bus we parking I, I I don't I don't know but very interesting selection from from Vander um is that is that something that you would is 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 Fred um a player that you would look at maybe putting in your fantasy league um we know that McTominay is back. Um, there's James as well. Um, I mean, like you said, you know, United's basically a fully strengthened team. Um, so has that selection been interesting for you, Nadia? And, and, and what is your, your, your first question for Van uh, leading into this game um, as well as, you know, the rest of the games um, coming up? Um, definitely an interesting choice of lineup. I've had um, Bruno Fernandez as well as Marcus uh, Rashford in my FPL team um, throughout the season. I mean, Fernandez, a lot of us were surprised at how quickly he found his footing at United and um, quickly became a force to be reckoned with. Um, one question I have for you, Werner, I've asked this question to a lot of United fans and there's been a whole lot of different opinions. Um, do you prefer Ole at the wheel? And if not, who would you prefer to have at Man United? Well, I've given it a lot of thought, all right? And I think in the, in the current situation we are in, I think he's uh, he's at the moment the best man for the job, in the sense that I looked at who is on offer, and the thing is, the, uh, we already had in Louis van Gaal and in Jose Mourinho like a quick patchman. You understand know what I'm saying? They they come in, they 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 have some success, 
but it's essentially a patch is not you you aren't feel you aren't healing the wound you understand what i'm saying so i think at the moment i think he's the best man for the job because realistically if you let him go who are you going to bring in and again the person that you are going to bring in are they going to have long term success because i mean at the end of the day uh the the, the way united is um they that they prefer a, a manager there for a long period of time you understand what i'm saying so i think to answer your question, I would say at the moment he's the best man for the job, and, and to be fair, I would I would give him, um, I would give him another season, even maybe two seasons. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, he he now seems to have a structure in place where you can say that no, not completely that it's his team, but you can say he's probably about sixty-five percent there. So 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 based on that, I would give him I, I, I would give him free reign, and then I would see what he can do. Because, I mean, granted, I still think he's lacking certain in certain areas. But I think overall, he is at least um, showing some signs that something is working. You, know, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? My, my, very, very, very interesting um, point you made there. Um, two years um, at the wheel. A, 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 a wheel that we, we don't know if, he, if he's at. Um, but but hey, he's 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 at the wheel. What whatever wheel is at the spare wheel? I I don't know. Whatever wheel is, he's at the wheel. He's at he's he's at the wheel. Um, that's all we know. He's at some wheel, and that's where yeah. we keep him. Um, just to touch on your 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 two year contract that you would give, well, extend for him or give him a two more seasons. Um, let's put it that way. Um, also. You touched on the areas that um, he needs to obviously strengthen. My my final question for you: If you were Ollie and you had two seasons, um, and, and they told you, 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 you know, we're giving you two more seasons, sixty-five um, percent of the team, basically. Well, you know that sixty-five percent of the team is basically yours. You have two players that you could bring in, and two players you need to let go. I know I'm putting you on the spot, and and I, I know um, Anthony Martial doesn't deserve to go, but besides him, <laughs> um, who would you let go as, and who would you bring in? Okay, so so let's first start with who we let go. The the, the the first person you know what is Phil Jones has to be the first person to go. I'm sorry, that. I mean, I, honestly, at this point in time, if I was a manager, I would give him one for free. I would tell him, if anybody, if you want him, please take him. Please take him. I think he's definitely the first player that, that, that I feel needs to go. And then I think, realistically, um, the second player, which, which will be harsh, but I think Jesse Lundgaard also is the he's another player that needs to go. In the sense that, if you look if you look at, at the, uh, how he's been playing, he doesn't have a role, really, like, you can see, they tried him on the left wing, they tried him on the right wing, they tried him in the center, they tried him as a striker. There's no role, really, for him. Man. And the thing is, it's important, I personally feel, that you as a player must have a role. You have to have a role. And I think the fact that, that he doesn't even know where he really fit in, because, I mean, even when he played for England, he also is more like a floater. He doesn't really have, like, one position that you can say he's a central midfielder or he's a winger or whatever and so on. So I think those two, for me personally, would have to go. Um, of the players that I will get in, um, I don't really have a, a player in mind a, as such. But for me, uh, the, the one position that United has been lacking for years is a right winger. 
Uh, I mean, they have Dan James in there, but I think he's, he still needs to find his feet. So, so, so I think for the need to push us over the edge, I think having um, a world class player on the right on the right wing. I'm just trying to think uh, who will probably be best there. Uh, it's difficult to, to if I look at who's on the market at the moment, but I think a right wing is definitely something we need. And then another place where I would where I would try and strengthen is um, getting I would say a right wing. And an out-and-out striker is what I personally feel. Because the thing is, um, Anthony Martial is there. But the problem, I think, is... I think he is... I think he's struggling to find himself as well. And, and I mean, you can't blame him as a player. I think this is a case of where I think he... I mean, you, you get to sometimes where players go through sort of a, a phase where they, they, they kind of lost and they, and, they, and they sort of don't know where to find themselves. Because, I mean, if you look at... His position in the French team is under pressure because you have other strikers that are coming up. You have Lacazette there. You, uh, you have um, Olivier Giroud there. So he's struggling to find his way in the French team. So I think that faltered through uh, a little bit uh, um, with United. Granted, this season, uh, things have picked up for him. But I mean, last season, he was kind of nowhere struggling for a while. and So, so I think getting an out-and-out striker. So in that position, for me, it might be a bit controversial. But I, w- I would actually want to, I want to see um, Griezmann in there. I think I think either Griezmann or, or or maybe Sancho. But I think those two, I think could really push it over the edge, man. You know what I'm saying? Me personally, I would rather want to have Griezmann more than Sancho. But um, that's just my personal preference. But the thing is, with Sancho also, I think he would bring a different dynamic there. And the thing is, it's important that you that you have so that you can play two strikers up front. Because you don't always want to play the lone striker. You know what I'm saying? Granted, Mar- uh, Marcus can also play there. But I think the role that Marcus has played sort of in that number 10 role, he meant Bruno can really uh, um, exploit that position. And they can make it this. You know what I'm saying? So I think he would be better in that number 10 role. So I would I would want to have a proper striker up front. So that you can play two. So that you can play a 4-4-2. You can maybe play, um, like I said, a 4-2-3-1. But I think it's important to have variety so that you, especially when you come into cup competitions, so that you have an instance of you can throw the opposition off. So it's not like you're coming with one formation and again, and they can read you by the time you come in already. You know what I'm saying? It's important to have a variety and to try, and show, and try to show a bit more diversity and that you can uh, exploit in different areas so that, so that you become unpredictable. Because at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want to throw the opposition off so that you can do well. You know what I'm saying? So I think that is the is, is the two positions that I personally feel United do need. A right wing's always always been something that um, United's been um, looking for. Me myself, I'd I'd, I'd I'd say that they always they always had um, 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 one, but maybe not to the standard of of, of the David Beckham's or the or the Cristiano Ronaldo's. Um, or, or even the, the the Ryan Giggs switching from right to left um, to the middle to up front, you know, it's 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 very hard to replace players like that. Um, but listening l- listening to Van having Griezmann come in um, is, is that that's obviously something very very um, 
interesting. Uh, maybe, maybe he likes the player, but, but but you can understand why. Maybe he's trying to keep um, Pogba there. I I, I don't know. He's, he, he never mentioned Pogba, so so easy easy gone. Um, any last thoughts from your side, Nadia, for Van? Uh, any any last questions that you would like? Um, him to answer. Um, I mean, now's the chance that we have a United supporter here. Um, so yeah, it's it's very rare that a Liverpool player would want to ask United fan questions. <laughs> but um, interesting point on Lingard. I know that he's going back to the youth academy. Um, if he leaves uh, the United side, they're saying he's still a very young guy. He's got a long career ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> no doubt, um, the points that you made on Rashford, um, I think it was um, Jim Proudfoot who made a comment um, during a United game in um, that Rashford lacks the hunger of a striker and that he would be um, more effective as a playmaker because he's almost like it's he's okay with scoring one goal a game. Like he scored his goal, okay, cool, I'm done for the day. And um, when he made that point, I actually started observing Rashford a lot more and that's when I actually took him out of my fantasy league team because, I mean, as a playmaker assists, it gives you a lot of points. But in terms of being hungry as a striker, that's that's the type of players you look for in a fantasy league. But going back to tomorrow's game, I would we we got your predicted lineup. Uh, what is your actual score prediction? And if United comes out um, triumphant, who is scoring the goals on your side? Um, my my prediction. It's going to be very tight. I, I think it's, I, I think the game itself will be very tight. And I think it will probably be a, a 1-0. So so I would say, because obviously I like to support my team, I would say 1-0 to us. And I think realistically, it will, be, it will come down to one or two players for me. It will come down to either Bruno or it will come down to Marcus Rashford. But I don't I, I don't foresee uh, uh, Martial putting the, 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 the ball in the back of the net. I think it will probably be of those two players I mentioned now, I'm leaning more towards Rashford. I think Rashford would probably be the one to bring it home first. But I don't, I don't see more than one goal in the game. I think it's going to be very tight. Um, so I would say Marcus Rashford and then one no. With 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 Werner's prediction um, that is given um, one no, um, I obviously stand stand on that. Um, prediction because I know that I went I think I went with a draw um, prediction um, for in our previous episode I went with a draw for for that game um, I, I don't see uh, I don't see anyone um, leaving there with three points um, um, that's just that's just my my, my opinion and, 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 and we I see it Nadia are you changing your prediction um, from previously or are you are you but hesitant um, to actually go with it, looking at the way that you played your triple captain last night. <laughs> 
Based on last night's games and based on Jose Mourinho and his bus, I'm sticking to my prediction. I think United are still going to knock, knock, knock on that door. I'm still going with my draw. Um, I think we all gave a 1-1 draw as a prediction to the end of um, that Spurs-United game. So I think it's, it's as Verna said, it's going to be very tight. And um, we're going to come out. I, I don't think three points um, will go to either side. I do, I'm do. i still standing with my draw, even um, after last night's games and um, being surprised with the Sheffield United and Villa result. I'm still staying with my draw. I'm still staying with it's going to be a tight game. I, I just hope that um, VAR pitches up tomorrow. Um, to be honest, <laughs> I, I, I hope that he, I, I, I hope that he, she um, pitches pitches up tomorrow um, because we we don't need we don't need another um, Sheffield United and Aston Villa match. Um, you know where we where those technical issues are involved. Um, I want to thank Werner for coming on the show. Um, it's, it's, it's been great having you here, um, listening to your views on Manchester United. Um, obviously, very interesting lineup. Um, obviously, the, we, we, we know the prediction that was given. We, we, we already seen that, um, but the year one, all that, that was surprising. We thought that it was going to be three or, 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 or four. Um, but it's good. It's, it's good that you finally be realistic uh, with your team. I have to be realistic. Uh, <laughs> I have to be realistic. <laughs> so, 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 thank you for for, for coming on the show. Um, any last words from you, Nadia? Um, going into the league, the league games coming up. I'm just looking forward to that Sunday Merseyside derby. That that is the main. <laughs> The main objective for this weekend, as excited as I am to have football um, starting tomorrow, every day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, having football on my screen, I just, I, I actually can't wait enough for that Merseyside derby. That is it. I, 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 I totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. I can't, I can't wait for that game. Um, I can't wait for that game. I, I'm excited that football is back. The Premier League's back. Uh, my fantasy team. I know that previously, um, in the previous episode, um, I never selected my, my my fantasy team yet. But my fantasy team actually is doing very, very well. Um, they're doing amazing. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm happy. I done a good selection. Um, played my bench boost, so we'll see um, if um, Greenwood, um, Mason Greenwood, comes on and and does some wonders. Maybe scores the. Um, Mm-hmm. The 90th winner for for, for, for Man United. So uh, maybe that's uh, maybe the second goal. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a prediction change there. That's a prediction change. That's a prediction is still one. I'm being hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm being hopeful. So 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 I hope that he comes on and he, and he scores that goal. Um, we know what he what he does. Um, he does he does that best. So. So for me, myself, Zaydekta, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. We have our Facebook page and follow us on, on Spotify. Thank you again for everybody that joined us. You could you can catch me on Twitter, Werner on Twitter. Our details will be below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Nadia's on Twitter and all other social medias if you would like to follow and, and get to know what we think about the games coming up this weekend because I'm pretty sure that we're all going to have Twitter fingers um, going into this week. 
So thank you again, Vanner, and thank you all for watching. Peace. Thanks for having me. Okay, I'm just.